Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride-along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive-By. Welcome, I am Mike J. He is Mike Guess. We are the Mikes on Mikes, and this is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. I'm not sitting in my bedroom at 2.30 in the morning trying to be quiet. Sounds way different than last week. I hope I didn't put anybody to sleep. Mike, how are you? Uh, I'll be honest, I don't know why you didn't just go out to your car last week. Because as you well know, I have re- shitty re- service. Record your bedroom. My- bedroom where your wife's sleeping well she was actually not in the bedroom um she was in the uh baby's room but i i, I sometimes get a little loud mike and i didn't want to wake anybody up it's never a good thing when you wake people up so you know it was uh it was a little different for me i guess <laughs> yeah fair fair it was a different week last week it's a different week it, everywhere it, it, Really, it's been a different week every week, everywhere, and, you know, that might be something we need to touch on today, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I think we'll probably talk a lot about that today. So let's go right into it. Uh, this week, there was a lot of movement from WWE being deemed essential business uh, to people accusing Vince McMahon of giving an $18.4 million bribe to Florida to make that happen when that's money from a Trump super PAC that has nothing to do with Vince just because his wife runs it. Like, we're going to get into how stupid people are, Mike. And how sometimes things are what they are and sometimes there's no conspiracy and sometimes, like, life is just shitty, you know? It happens like that. Sometimes life is, in <laughs> fact, just shitty. You know, and then the announcement of the bankruptcy of the XFL. I believe it was last week when the XFL closed, and then we got the bankruptcy announcement this week. Is that the timeline? Am I correct on that, Mike? Something like that, I believe. It, it's all started. So much is going on, it's kind of starting to run together, to be fair. But in the midst of all that, but what we're calling, or at least the IWC in general is calling Black Wednesday, WWE releases 33-plus employees, including stars, tele- like the TV talent, uh, referees, producers, agents, whatever you want to call them from the back, a shit ton of people. And when it started, you know, we started hearing names. And we were all communicating in our private chat, Mike, and you didn't think it was that big of a deal. I don't know how you feel now, but the list just kept going on and on. And we are used to seeing post-mania cuts, correct? Yeah, I still don't think it's that big of a deal, but... Well, but this is not the post-mania cut. Like, a post-mania cut is usually, like... No, I'm not saying... Four to maybe six people. Yeah, I'm not saying that this is a normal post-mania cut, but I also don't think that it's that big of a deal. 
Well, I'm going to explain to you why I think it's a big deal. And maybe I maybe I do have a good way of changing your mind a lot of this uh, a lot of the times on this show, Mike. So I actually would prefer you to change my mind on this. So we're going we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about how this is effective, or how how this is affecting WWE, how this virus is affecting WWE, how it could affect pro wrestling as a whole, and why I personally think this is a bad sign for the industry in general. And then maybe you can go the other side, and maybe you can talk me off the ledge, Mike. <laughs> I think I can, man. I really do. So, well, here's the deal. If you really dig into this, this is basically, according to uh, the corporate release, according to the website, these cuts, and there was rumored to be po- possibly 100 total. Uh, I haven't heard anything in the last few days, so I, I have to hopefully assume they're done, Mike. I-, I don't know how you feel about that. Do you think they're done? When I woke up yesterday, there was, like, you know, some rumors. A few where they more. Were... Yeah, but it wasn't, like near what it was the day before, and, um, I guess I just don't, like, I think it's done, personally, I, I mean, it could always get worse next week, or the week after, whatever, tomorrow, even, but I just, personally, right now, feel like this is kind of, probably done. Yeah, and I I think that it very well may be, but I mean, there's always that chance we see more. I don't know. Uh, the next couple of days will probably be. I, I think if we get through the weekend, we're good. You know. Yeah, I totally but agree with we, that. We lost. Yeah, if we get through the weekend, I think we're probably good. I I think that there were a lot of names that. I hate to say makes sense because you hate to hear about anyone losing their job, especially in a time like this. It's not like they're just going to go somewhere else, which we're going to touch on here in a minute. I've got this whole list but, up too, by the way. Yeah, and I was I thought about maybe reading it off, but I, I don't think we need to name every single no, one. No, I'm just I saying think the ones, for, for reference. Yeah, the, the ones that like aren't shocking, and, and this is no dig on anyone, but like No Way Jose. Uh, EC3, and I know that there's a lot of fans of him, but he didn't really get a fair shake, I'm going to say, and, you know, was just kind of sidelined the rest of the time on the main roster. And Eric Young, again, I people act like Sandy was a huge deal in NXT. I don't personally feel that it was. It was cool, but I think it kind of lost steam a little quick. Maybe you can dispute that. Uh, and then once it went to the main roster, they just were dead in the water. And I mean, Nikki cross survived her husband makes it back to NXT and is doing decent work. So I guess that's a plus. And then, uh, who was the other one? Wasn't Alexander Wolf in that? And he's an Imperium. So Eric Young seemed to be the sacrificial lamb, right? Yeah. I, I guess Eric Young, Man, Eric Young is one of those guys that, like, yes, he's a former Impact champion, but, like, (sighs) 
He's a career low-end mid-carder. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like If we're being fair. Like, if we're being fair, like, he got the champion push and impact because he happened to look like Daniel Bryan at the time of the Yes movement. Let's let's just be real, right? Um, I'm not taking away from the dude. He's a hell of a worker. I think he's a great hand to have on any roster. But, like, was he ever going to be fucking Intercontinental Champion in this company even? No, he was not. No, he was not. You want to know why? Motherfucker's like 40. He's like 40. You think WWE's going to put an icy title on a 40-year-old career, low-end mid-carder? No, they're not. They're just not. That's what these... Like, like, that's everyone on this list. Like, basically. Like, no way, Jose. Okay, that dude was never going to do shit. Zack Ryder. I love Zack Ryder, but let's be real. The dude was never going to do shit. Mike and Maria, why are they here? Primo and Epico, why are they here? <laughs> uh, it's like I think Kurt I Hawkins. Think you, why are yeah. you still getting paid money? And that's what like my thing with this. Like the, the most of this was roster fat that needed trimmed. Straight up. No, that I'm not going to disagree with that. The only ones I'll throw to you, uh, I, I think I can pick four or five out that are either slightly shocking or miss opportunity. Uh, Gallows and Anderson, man, like can't argue that that's, I, I, that's weird. I almost now see this is, this is past the point, but there are there, some of the stuff being reported and some of that I'm hearing that, uh, not only the backstage employees, but some of the, on TV employees have a kind of clause in this release that there's a possibility they could be called back. So that's a good thing. You know what I mean? And that's, that's security for some of those guys. I also have heard that I don't know if all of them, but a good bit of them got a hefty payout on the way out the door, which I heard like on two sites and then it's kind of getting buried because no one wants to paint a, you know, a positive picture of the company and what they might do for these people. Right. So that's also a good thing, but like Gallows and Anderson is a team where I feel like, man, if it wasn't, if they weren't doing this to save money, I don't see why like they would not come back. Does that make sense? Because there's potential there, and AJ's still there, and AJ would want them back. Uh, Eric Rowan, man. I'm not a huge Eric Rowan fan, but clearly Vince saw something in him. They've you know been, what I mean? They've like, invested a lot of time into him. I'm not going to say a lot of right. effort. I'm not going to say they've invested a lot of effort into him, but they've invested a lot of time into him. Right, and then Leo Rush. Now, I know that they had some issues backstage with him, if you believe the reports. I always hear that you shouldn't believe backstage uh, heat stories. But that being said, he disappeared. And this dude was lighting it up on NXT for the last two, three months, four months, whatever it's been. I'm sh- like, that was one of the most surprising ones to me, even above Gallows and Anderson. Because I couldn't imagine that he's even making that big of a contract compared to guys like that. And then. Uh, Rusev, man. And I think it sounds like with Rusev, it was more of a, they've tried to get him to resign for so long and he was pushing it, pushing it and pushing it that they were just like, all right, well, you're not going to sign. We're just going to let you go. Well, he wasn't going to sign. I I think he was. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. 
I really don't. Um, I think that Rusev was starting to become one of those uh, Dean Ambrose types, uh, Cody Rhodes type. You could almost see it happening with those types of guys. You could see the types of guys that. that get the shit over. Um, he's one of those guys, man, that they gave him chicken shit. It was consistently turned into chicken salad. And it never fucking got him anywhere. He's, he's like, if you look at this dude's career trajectory, it follows John Moxley, and Dean Ambrose, whatever you want to call him, Cody, uh, almost beat for beat. Uh, I, I, I'm going to disagree with that. I'm not saying like the, the title runs. I'm saying as far as looking at like the storyline, okay? We started off hot. No. Started off hot. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't. I, I'll give you Cody. I won't give you Dean Ambrose. I'm comparing Dean him Ambrose to Ambrose. Had. I'm Dean not comparing Ambrose the title three, wise. Three bad months, and they weren't even that bad, dude. Nah, dude, he didn't have three bad months. He had a ridiculous fucking career, man. Like, I'm sorry, we have to disagree, like agree to disagree on this. He was in the, the dude, shield. He was in. Oh wow! So, like, he was in the shield. So he was in the shield at the beginning of his career. Goddamn! Like, it doesn't matter, man. Like, for like, once the shield was done, he was relegated to the third at the third member of the shield and was given a fucking plant. Like, and I'm ta- talking, this wasn't like a year ago, man. The Shield ended. This dude was a main eventer, a former champion, and they gave him a fucking plant to walk around with. And he got Mitch over. And he got Mitch e- over. Exactly. He got Mitch over, and what did it get him? Fucking another dumb fucking gimmick after that. And what did it get him? WWE another- Championship. Okay, man. Like, that's great and all, but like, if like, I'm sorry. If you're not happy, you're not happy. And if you're doing shit, you're doing shit. I don't care how many titles they put on you. If you feel like you're a fucking walking joke, then you're probably a fucking walking joke. And Rusev was I, in the I, same category. You can disagree, but like he was Dean Ambrose at a mid card scale because he was handed okay, mid card title after mid card f- title after mid card title, much like Ambrose was handed world championships, and while consistently getting over the shittiest, worst gimmicks you could be handed. I, I I guess the way you put it, I'll I'll take it. Uh, like he Dean follows Ambrose at a mid card level. That's fair. he follows the whole trajectory of Dean Ambrose and Cody Rhodes. He was Cody Rhodes was the low end mid card guy. He's the mid card guy. Ambrose was the main event guy. But their careers all basically follow the same trajectory in WWE, where it's just like, hey man, you're really talented and everybody seems to like you. Here's this dumb retarded fucking thing. Go out there and make it work. And they go out and make it work. And they're rewarded with another dumb fucking thing that they have to go out and make work. Which they do. And they're rewarded with another dumb fucking thing. And I totally get, like, you could say, like, you could watch a performer, like, lose their entire give a fuck over the course of their career. And you can watch it with Rusev, man. You can just watch as this dude slowly stops caring. Same as you can watch Cody slowly stop caring. You can watch Dean Ambrose slowly stop caring. This cat wasn't coming back, man. He was not coming back. And the only reason he would have come back, possibly that I could come up with in my mind, is that his smoking hot wife was like, nah, we're staying here for the good paycheck. And he was like, okay. But, best I could tell, Lana's a dope-ass wife. And pretty well lets him kind of do whatever he wants. Much like Renee Young. So, uh, I just, I don't think he was coming back, man. I think this was just the absolute, like, we know we're losing this dude, might as well cut it now. Uh, it's very possible, it's very possible. Um, so, I guess, 
those were the shocks for me. Uh, the rest, I can't, I, I, like I said, I don't want to say anyone deserved it. That's not fair. But if you're cutting to cut and you're going to try to cut the, the best way to not hurt your product, I think they did a good job. Now, I'm a little shocked at some of the backstage ones, but again, I don't know who does what there. We're not back there, right? Like, right. I, Fit Finley surprises me because he's known for working very well with the women and doing a lot of those uh, matches. And I, I'm just, that one kind of shocked me. Uh, but I mean, Lance Storm just started. So that makes sense. Uh, Hurricane's been there for what a year or two now. Yeah. So I mean, I think some of the ones that they did let go have kind of been a little, you know, fresher in the water. Um, Mike Kyoto, that's a shocker. But again, if he got a payout, he's been there since '89. He might have just looked at it as like I was thinking about retiring anyway. Maybe they're offering him a good amount of money, and he just said, you know, I'll, I'll just do that, and I'm sure I can work with them in the future on something here and there. I, this is where it gets kind of tricky, right, is, like, these people. Um, Chioda, that's a weird one, man. I don't have any rhyme or reason for that. Um... Uh, as for the rest of them, man, you don't really need road agents when you're not on the road, do you? Like, yeah, well, I mean, like that was my first thought when they showed all these guys and everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, they're releasing all the agents," and I was like, "No, the full title is road agent, and you don't need road agents when you aren't on the road." Yeah, and that that's a that's a valid point and some of these might be the might be the employees that are quote unquote furlonged and Right, know, like most of these people are back. most of these people are getting their jobs back when they go back to doing house shows and are back on the road. Yeah. That's just like that's just like you're not on the road and you're a road agent. Like that's just yes. is what it is. Like it just yes. is so, what it is. Let's get into the side that has me concerned, Mike. When when you read what's on their on their corporate letterhead, like I said, we're they're saving about with these cuts four million dollars a month. Plus, they've decided to put a hold on moving to the new headquarters, which is going to at at that moment because of the hold save them. I think it was one hundred forty or one hundred fifty million. So. They're trying to, from the way I'm reading this, the way I'm understanding it, they're basically trying to cut back what they can cut back while they are not making the same kind of money. Now they have TV deals, which, you know, that's going to be the argument. Well, they have this TV money. This is bullshit. They should keep everybody because that's what people were saying. But here's the bottom line, Mike. They aren't doing house shows. They aren't doing Monday Night Raws. They didn't do flipping WrestleMania with crowds, right? So they're losing whatever revenue they could make on the tickets. They're losing whatever revenue they could make by having fans in a building and having a big stand with t-shirts and toys and masks and foam fingers and all that shit, right? 
Yes. So we're losing revenue. So even though they have money coming in from these TV contracts, we're losing revenue. Let's talk about the TV contracts, Mike. People got pissed about them being deemed essential and said, how how could Vince not just tape a bunch of shows and, and do that? And they're saying that Vince is worried because of the live aspect and that these contracts could be pulled by the TV and people were like, well, this is a, this is a pandemic. There's no way, no way that those TV uh, networks would pull the contracts. Mike, let me tell you something. I work for a company that I will not name that is contracted to several other businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Some of these businesses that we are contracted to are currently closed because of this. But do you know my company's stance on that? What is it? 52 weeks a year is 52 weeks a year. You're paying us 52 weeks a year, whether we go to you or not. Hmm. How's, now, that, how's that work that, for you? Is though? that going to stand in the long run? I don't know. They could probably, some of these companies are big enough that they could fight it. But, you know, the mom and pop ones are not. And granted, could WWE fight that? Maybe. But could Fox or USA? Absolutely. So, if... Everyone's trying to save money, and WWE does something that's a little bit different from what they're contractually ob- uh, obligated to do. Of course, they could try to cut the money back or pull the contract if if that's or pull and say we got to renegotiate. You're not providing what we what we signed up for, right? Right. So I understand his push for that. I understand him making these cuts. It sucks, man, but. I feel like the thing that's being lost in all of this is the scope of this. And I know you're saying it's not a big deal, but I look at it a couple ways. I look at it as Vince McMahon, he does have ends with the federal government. You know, we've heard that L.A. and I think there's one other city that has decided there's not going to be live events with crowds up until 2021, Mike. Now, all that could change, but with a statement like that, you have to think Vince has heard this, Vince has talked to the government, Vince has talked to, I'm sure, experts, and he's probably, I'm just taking a guess here, estimating that it's going to be at least a six to eight month period where they're doing these empty arena shows. So he's trying to save as much money now to make sure, and this is what people have to understand, that there's still a company for these other guys who are still employed and girls to keep working for. So the people that are saying they should all just pay them all because they have them under contract and that's their responsibility. Well, I hate to break it to you. That's not their responsibility. Their responsibility is to be a business and to stay in business and to employ as many as they feasibly can at that time. And that's what they're doing. They're making sure they can keep the few employed that they're keeping employed while still trying to be profitable because they are a company that is, has shareholders and not being profitable can make you lose even more money. Uh, you guys have to understand that as well. So they're doing everything they can to ensure that no matter what, no matter how long this goes on, that they can keep the keep the doors open and keep the people that are employed still employed. Look, it's a business, man. Cuts have to be made. Things have to be done to ensure survival. 
Like, this is a shrewd businessman. It, it, this is a shrewd businessman. This is a businessman. And a smart shrewd, businessman. Shrewd and smart enough to make wrestling a global entity. Shrewd enough to make it a national, publicly traded, like international fucking billion dollar company. Fucking pro wrestling. Shrewd enough to make it essential in a pandemic. Yes. So, do you not think that this dude isn't going to be shrewd and smart? about uh, the current situation and climate that we're in. Although I think a lot of these cuts have like more to do with the failure of the XFL combined with the pandemic than it does just the pandemic. But which I guess you could say is fully because of the pandemic, I guess, because the XFL likely wouldn't have failed this year. Had it not been for the pandemic. No, it, it, it seemed, would have had at least another year. It seemed to be doing pretty popular this year. Uh, people were really, like, seemed to be enjoying having an alternative to the NFL. Um, just, the dude is doing what he has to do to keep this thing going, man. And Well, and I, th- I think that's the other thing people need to keep in mind here. That's 100% what people need to keep in mind. Well, here's the thing, because I, how many, how many tweets or texts or not texts, tweets or, uh, Facebook posts and those awful groups were in, did you see, I can't wait for AEW to pick up every single one of these guys slash girls. Like guys, if Vince McMahon, the, to steal their old open leader in sports entertainment. Okay. Look, I, I know Tony Khan, oh, I'm sorry, I know Shad Khan has more money than Vince. Cool. Awesome. That doesn't mean he has more money than WWE. Okay? Just because somebody has X amount of dollars doesn't mean it's all invested in one spot, right? Uh, also, you, you, want these, man, you want these people on the roster? Well, I, yeah, that's part of it. But the other thing is like, if this man is making these cuts now, and he, in my guess and estimation, I mean, he's done this for a long time. Uh, he's been arguably way more successful than AEW ever has when it comes to money and TV contracts, right? I mean, yes. I know they're brand new, so that's unfair. I'm just being honest here. And granted, he has a way heavier roster, or had a way, still does, but had a way heavier roster. Some would say a bloated roster. But he's cutting things. He's cutting people. He's cutting jobs to save money through this pandemic. I have to imagine if I'm a wrestler anywhere and I see Vince McMahon doing this and I'm saying AEW or Ring of Honor or New Japan, like that has me concerned. Because... If Vince has to make cuts to make sure he's operable for the next six to eight months, what does that say for an upstart like AEW? What does that say for a Ring of Honor who has been on the verge a few times in the last year of maybe not being a thing? Or an NWA who is ran by someone who's uh, maybe a millionaire at this point? You get where I'm going with this? Yeah. I get where you're going with this. I mean, don't look for, 
I mean, don't look for these guys to all just be in AEW. And quite honestly, don't especially look for it right at this moment. I don't foresee anyone hiring anybody right now. No, I don't either. Now, could I see Zack Ryder there? He's good buddies with Cody? Absolutely. If this stuff clears up and it's, you know, they can start doing live shows and it looks like things are getting back to normal, I could see Zack Ryder there. I could see a Rusev there. I could see a Rusev in a New Japan. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I mean, all Carl, that stuff's possible. Carl Anderson has already tweeted that he's heading back to New Japan. Yeah, he has, has definitely left that. Uh, I don't even know if you want to call it a teaser, but nah, who man, knows when he, that's going to happen. He full-blown dropped it, like, last night. Fuck it, the machine gun's back, which I'm excited about. I think he's taking gallows with him. That would be cool. I would love to see them. But I just don't think, like, I think it's ridiculous to think all these guys are going to end up in WWE or AEW. Like, oh, they're all going to AEW. First of all, only, like, four of them I could see AEW wanting, right? And that's Gallows and Anderson, who probably aren't going to go there. And, and and I guess this is the other thing people seem to forget. I personally just get the vibe that Gallows and Anderson don't really like the elite. <laughs> They don't. Yeah. And, and and I'll be honest with you. I fucking wouldn't either. It's like... It's like... I was in this band one time when I was like 18, right? And... Mm-hmm. A couple years later... It's like I left the band. And you know, we all like... like It was like a high school band, right? And as you would kind of mm-hmm. like graduate... And move on, other people would kind of take your place, right? So one day I say to this guy that used to be in the band with me, we're talking about this this band called One Lane Road. And I was like, who the fuck is this One Lane Road? And he was like, oh, that's that band that we started. And I feel like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, oh, you're right. He's like, oh, that's that band that we started like two years ago. It was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I get you. Um... And I feel like that's probably how Gallows and Anderson have to feel about the elite. Finn Balor a little bit, too. Like, we gave you guys a cool t-shirt and you fucking ran with it, but, like, you didn't really, like, you build off the same thing we did. And everybody just assumes Bullet Club and the elite are the same thing. They're fucking not. We just went through, like, two years of fucking New Japan storylines where they, like, were, like, we're not the same. And Gallows and Anderson are fucking Bullet Club members. They are not elite members, and I they've never said anything cross about the elite that I've ever seen. But I just get the vibe that they're like, that they, they're not elite, man. And I just get the vibe that they don't like those guys. And I don't want to say don't like those guys, but you got to feel like they look down on them just a little bit, you know? Yeah, I'm not, I, I would personally that. feel like if I was them, I'd be like, nothing you guys did was original or your own. Nothing. This was all because of us. And mm-hmm. I don't see them wanting to go join that. And I also, uh, I really only see like Rusev being an AEW guy. Or, and this is going to sound crazy, but Sarah Logan was, like, one of the worst performers on the WWE women's roster. 
Man, I wasn't going to say that, but... But Crazy Mary Dobson could be one of the best performers on the AEW women's roster. Just throwing that out there. Because... Yeah? Because Crazy Mary Dobson wasn't awful at her job. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Sarah Logan was very fucking bad at it, though. So I think those two, and like you said earlier, possibly a Leo Rush, are the only three that I could really see showing up in All Elite Wrestling. Maybe Rowan, but if you're going to go at Rowan, you'd almost have to have that conversation with Brody Lee. Like, we're bringing, we're bringing Rowan in, and as Brody Lee, you'd almost have to be like, please don't put him with me in the Dark Order. Right. Because that's going to be the thing, too. Because you know if he shows up there, that's what everyone's going to expect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're going to be locked at the hip again. Poor Brody Lee and Eric Rowan with that. But those are the only ones that I can maybe see. And Eric Rowan, I don't even think, has the athletic capability to keep up in AEW. I like, I mean, of the of the Harper Rowan, I was a Harper fan. Yeah, Harper's a, yeah, because he's a beast, man. He's a legitimate, mm-hmm. like, he's probably the best working big man in, in wrestling right now. Yeah, I think it's, it depends on your definition of big man, but yeah, I mean, I think Drew McIntyre would fit in there as well, but I don't know if you consider him a big man. Um, I don't consider him like a big man per se, because he doesn't really wrestle like a big man, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fair. I know everyone has a different opinion on that, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I think the other thing I want to touch before we kind of wrap this up, I know, is there, before I even get into that, actually, did I change your mind at all? No. No, I still don't think this is, like, a huge deal. So you think that it was just clearly, how do I want to say this, just just cutting fat and using, I don't want to say using this as an excuse to do that many. I'm not saying but, using it as an excuse or anything like that. And I'm not saying that this wasn't done for, like, reasons, you know what I mean? Like, legit reasons. Um, like, I'm sure that, like, like, obviously, like, the road agents. That was done because you're not on the road, right? That was that was a direct right. that was a direct response to pandemic. Um, are you nervously tapping something? Yeah, I am. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I quit doing it. Um, when you guys hear tapping in your earphones, blame Mister Forrest. <laughs> um, I've been nervously tapping like the whole time. I'm surprised you just now heard it. It just now started coming in my ear. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think, I don't think it's like some of it is reactionary to coronavirus. Like would there have been 30 people released at once if there was no coronavirus? No, but like 10 of them motherfuckers was road agents. You know what I mean? That's a direct, that's a direct response to COVID. I'll give you that, man. But like, it's not a panic response to COVID. I don't think it's a normal business decision that you would make. Your job's not being done right now. Why do we need you? It's it, it's, yeah. it's called a layoff, people. This is fucking America. Let's quit acting like we don't know what the fuck a layoff oh. is. It's, it's on the news okay. all the time. GM laying off. Ford laying right. off. Like, we know what fucking layoffs are. It's America. Now, as for the 
uh, other 20 members of talent. Uh, I get I don't think it's worrisome because this company could have cut 30 pieces of talent and it wouldn't have made a fucking difference to them. Um, I don't think it's worrisome because I don't think it's... Look, man, when they cut Kevin Owens, it's time to worry, right? No, I totally get that point of it. I, I, I'm looking at it more from the, from the idea that even if it's just being framed this way, it's being framed because of it's a cost, a, a simple cost-cutting thing because of this virus. Does that make sense? Yeah. So because of this virus, we'll just go this. Let me just go this route. Because of this virus, we expanded the post-mania cuts from six people to 33 with the rumor of possibly being upwards of 100. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's a drastic change. And if it does get to 100, I think we got to start looking at it completely different, right? Well, if it gets to 50, you got to probably start looking at it completely different. But as it stands right now... You don't have to look at anything completely different because there's nothing really to look at different. Like, it's a and, company that's cutting people s- that aren't needed in a tight time. It's just what it is. Yeah, and I also stand by the fact that I'm going to say this, guys. Like, if this goes on a lot longer, I I really, really, really hope that AEW is, I mean, still a thing when this virus is all said and done. Because, again... They have NFL teams and they have uh, soccer teams that they also need to keep afloat through this. So, if something has to go, something that you love could go. And I mean, it could be any of them. But you get where I'm say- what I'm saying. Like, this is just a different time, guys. And don't look for your star, your favorite star, to get picked up by any organization right now. Uh, it's going to take some time, and. If this doesn't clear up soon, we're going to start to see more things like this happen across the board. It happens every day in the companies. And that's something else I want to bring up. I hear a lot of talk about this is why wrestlers need to unionize and blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't know the inner workings of the wrestling business. I know Cody himself has even said that a union would kill the wrestling business. I don't know. I am a union member, Mike, and I can tell you this. I don't know what, like, this Dave Starr dude is a guy who's been pushing. Like, they need, this is a prime example of why they need to unionize. Listen, I don't know what the fuck union he's been in, but you can still get laid off in a union. Yeah, in two unions. (laughs) I fucking got laid off all the time. I mean, like, I don't work a union job right now. I still pay to be in unions. Um, Right. Just in case, and it's more because like a, like a family thing. Like I'm essentially wasting like a hundred bucks a month just because my family <laughs> does. I'm <laughs> um, like I'm never going back to fucking union work. Uh, like I'm never going back to like laboring or being an operating engineer. It's probably never going to happen. But like you know, fucking pay him. Uh, but like yeah, man, that's the whole point of a union. You get laid off, it just guarantees you work later down the road. Right, and, and I mean it's just. It's silly to think that that's going to make it better. Like, it's, there's still going to be possibility of layoffs. Like, and even at that, 
you know, even if you want to throw the argument, well, they wouldn't have to work in these conditions. I'm going to tell you, yes, they would, especially with them being deemed essential. Because here's the thing, Mike, the unions have to go with what OSHA says and what the guidelines are by the federal government. Well, guess what, folks? There's no guidelines for a national pandemic. You know how I know this? Because I'm in a union, and believe me, we've tried. Okay? So, until something was put, you know, into law by these organizations, there's nothing any union can do to say, we're going to force you to not let them work. We're going to force you to do this. We're going to force you to do that. Because it's not... Regu- it, this 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 event that we are living through has not been regulated before. So there's nothing in a union contract. There's nothing in you know OSHA rules and regulations that can change what is going on right now. No, not at all, man. Like a union's not going to help us. The union's not going to keep uh, like all these people on. It's just not. Like, nope. It, nope. It just wouldn't. Like, it's a layoff. You would have still got laid off. doesn't matter. Absolutely. Mike, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to dive into uh, the Wednesday Night War. I'm going to have a couple surprises for you. All right. Hang tight. We will be right back. Each and every week, while Mike's on Mike's, scour the globe, looking in arenas, Locker rooms, VFW halls, looking under rocks and under Peyton Royce to answer the burning question, what is Sean Spears doing? Mike, I'm actually going to take the lead on this one. You know, we've been watching and waiting and like updating all of our loyal listeners on what exactly Sean Spears is doing and... I actually saw AEW Dynamite this week. I'm going to just go ahead and take the reins and enlighten everyone. Sean Spears did what he should have been doing to his wife and smashed a jobber. I guess a good squash match works out for everyone, right? Sean Spears needed this. He did need a win. Uh, I I, I couldn't tell you the name of the guy. Justin Law. Okay, sure. Whoever that is. Right. So, I mean, Sean Spears got a win, so he's doing something. Good for Sean Spears. Good for Sean Spears. I'm very happy about this because I'm not going to lie, man. While I was watching AEW this week, I was like, it's real weird, man. This this whole, like, little segment that we started off as a joke to make fun of Sean Spears. I think it propelled him. It... I don't know if it propelled him, but it has roundabout made me a fan of his. Like, I'm, I'm starting to get there too, man. In a way I didn't expect, because like it started off as us like, like making fun of him for not doing anything, right? But then there was that week where it like dawned on me that like this dude gets paid to just hang out at his house and wrestle and life. wrestle one match a week and just yep. like be married to Peyton Royce. And once that kind of dawned on me, uh, regular listeners to the show, you'd be aware probably that, like, I haven't really been making fun of him too much on this. Yeah. And then when this, like, match came on, I was like, fuck yeah, my boy Sean Spears coming out for a match. Hell yeah. And it, like, came out of my mouth, and I was like, oh, shit. 
I'm a Sean Spears fan now. Uh, so, my dude picked up a win, man. So, I think, honestly, I'm going to have to back out of this segment moving forward because uh, Sean Spears not only is one of my favorite pro wrestlers now, but I also might be trying to emulate his life. Is this is this the last? What is Sean Spears doing? I'm not saying it's the last one. We can keep doing it, man. But like, I don't think I can make fun of this guy anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like not he that, might like, actually be I'm, living the dream. like I'm. He's living the dream, but I'm also full blown enjoying his character now. Um, so it's a real weird place, but hey. Go Sean Spears? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say, hey, hey, go Sean Spears. Everyone's watching to see what you do. Everyone's looking at you. Like going back into the Wednesday Night Wars, NXT gets another victory. 692,000 to 683,000. How about that, Mike? Oh, they didn't even chart in the major demographic. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and now on the line, we have Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer Radio. And on um, the line, we have every AEW mark. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, a win's a win. I, I think this tells me a couple things. I actually was speaking with our friend Steven on Twitter. Uh, he posed that question, what does the number tell you? And I said, it tells me that NXT kind of has that, has got locked into that core, like, that core number that they're not going to lose. You know what I mean? Because they really sit around... Since this whole pandemic has started, they've sat really strong around like upper 600 to lower 700,000, where AEW's been kind of, I mean, all over the place, where it's just kind of steadily declining for them. Now, granted, they've only lost twice in this, but I mean, it makes me think, do we see another decline last week? Because, again, little secret, I watched Dynamite this week. Other part of that secret, I kind of wish I didn't. We'll get to that later. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. It's something that we probably should start keeping an eye on a little more than we have at the beginning, right? Yeah. So let's go into NXT. Another little secret, Mike. I actually took notes for this episode. I have yet to I watch this. I plan on watching it tonight. A, it's it's a really good episode. I had a little bit more time to digest this. I usually, I'll honestly watch this as I'm laying in bed to get ready to get up super early for work. Uh, work is a little different. I'm not getting up super early. Actually, I fell asleep sooner this time. Uh, but I got home earlier, so I, I rewatched the first hour and watched the second hour and took notes. So here we go. 
NXT open open with Fabian Eichner, sorry, <clears throat> of uh, Imperium against Finn Balor. So solid match to open. These guys went back and forth. Uh, Finn, man, Finn, this Finn in NXT is fantastic. It doesn't even look like main roster Finn, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, no, it's Prince I, I don't Devin. know. It's Prince Devin. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I I don't know why. Like, I don't even want to. Like, it's not the time of the match. I I don't know. I don't know what changed. Maybe it was the whole trying to be the baby face where he's walking more of a gray line here. Uh, but I love it, and the match was really fun. Uh, solid match with Finn getting a victory. And then we went to a really good Charlotte promo. I'm not going to, like, break it down word for word, but basically it's one of those promos you got to see, but she's saying she wants to rule all the women's divisions. Dude, her promo on Monday was crazy good. Well, this was a continuation, man. Uh, She wanted to... She said she wanted to rule all the divisions, and she heard so much about this one and what it's been doing lately that she just had to decided she needed to take the rule back over there. And she talked about how she's a champion of all eras, how she beat Natty uh, for the NXT title and how she won the Divas title from Paige, who was being touted as the best woman on the roster. I mean, she really laid into it. It was an excellent promo. I think you're really going to dig it. Um, we we then get to Aaliyah versus Zaylee, and in the midst of uh, the entrance, we find out that if you weren't paying attention on Twitter, that Aaliyah admits that she was the one that attacked Zaylee, taking her out of the uh, the qualifying match for the uh, ladder match. So basically, Zaylee comes out and kills her. <laughs> nah. She, Aaliyah got a little bit of offense, and I almost feel guilty for saying a little bit of offense. Um, we then get into, and Mike, I think you're really going to enjoy this. The NXT Cruiserweight Championship Tournament for the uh, interim NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, there's a pool of four guys on, like, say, Pool A and four guys on Pool B. So the way this is working is each guy within their pool has to fight every other guy. And then whoever wins that pool will fight the winner of the other pool. Okay. And it goes, the tiebreaker is the record. So whoever has the best head-to-head record, if there's a tie, is the winner of that pool. I really like how they're doing this. I mean, that's pretty interesting. It's super original. I don't think I've ever seen them do something like this. No, that's super original. Yeah, so we got the first match. It was uh, Akira Tozawa versus uh, Swerve Scott, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, I I, I have in my notes here uh, to pay attention to Swerve's jacket because it plays a little bit later on. I, I don't know if the shutdown is hurting their wardrobe department or not, but we'll, we'll touch on that. He he wore this white frayed jean jacket, like long-cut jean jacket to the ring, um, and that'll come into play a little bit later. But it, again, crazy good cruiserweight match in NXT. He wore, like, did you, say, did you say like a white jean jacket? 
Yes. Okay. Like a white, like frayed, like cut up jean jacket with like almost like long tails on it. Okay. Um. So crazy good cruiserweight match. This is where the cruiserweights belong. Is in NXT. I, I love it. it. It's really entertaining. And Tazawa got the victory over uh, Swerve. So that's that's he's a he's a one and zero right now in the tournament uh, on the record side. So next we go to Tegan Knox. Uh, she's taking on. Ra- Raquel Gonzalez to try to get, you know, revenge for her interference and her kind of being Dakota's little, you know, big buddy, I guess I should say, and helping her out. Well, this was kind of, it was a, it was a fine match. We got to see Gonzalez actually do some bumping and do some moves. Uh, but this was really to set up Shotzi Blackheart coming out and interfering and, I don't know if I want to say necessarily a tag team, but we're probably going to get a Tegan Knox with Shotzi Blackheart versus Raquel and Dakota Kai. It's just kind of what I'm seeing. Um, because Raquel also cost Shotzi a match or interfered in her match for that qualifying tournament as well, costing her to lose and getting to Dakota Kai into that match. Now, this is where the, the wardrobe comes into play, Mike, because Dakota Kai... Was wearing white frayed jean, I guess jeans. They weren't capris, but they were they were very frayed and tore up white jeans. It almost looked like she took Swerve's jacket and put them on her legs. <laughs> and I just, it was one of those weird. You know when sometimes you're watching something and you don't even know why something stands out, but it really stood out, and because of it, it was very bizarre. That was this. Yeah, I get it. Okay. That makes <laughs> so sense. now that I've put it in your head, it's definitely going to stick out to you. Yeah, I'll notice uh, it now. We went to a Keith Lee uh, profile, kind of talked about uh, why he got into the business and how he, you know, where he's been and this, that, and the other. It was really good. Again, it's something you just have to watch. So then we get a video of Adam Cole sitting poolside talking about how no one in the entire company deserves a shot at his title and therefore dream was not getting a shot at his title so this angers dream who comes out to the stage and addresses this saying how he wants a shot at the title because when he wins the title he's going to be the greatest nxt champion of all time and this in turn brings out finn balor who says when you're talking about the greatest nxt champion you're talking about me and basically don't put my name in your mouth and it looks like we're set up for Velveteen Dreamer Finn Balor next week because when Finn walked away, Dream said, I'd like a date with you Wednesday night next week. I'm all about this. That's going to be a great match. I'm yeah, super okay with that. it should be a that. fantastic match. Super yeah. okay with that. That's going to be an outstanding match next week. I cannot wait for that. I, yeah, that, that should be fantastic. We then went to the tag team title match, which was the Broserweights. Minus Pete Dunne, so with a mystery partner, and uh, the other version of Undisputed Era's tag team, which was Kyle O'Reilly, I'm sorry, which is Bobby Fish and Roddy Strong. I'm going to assume they said Kyle O'Reilly wasn't medically cleared. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say Kyle O'Reilly is a known diabetic, and that is a pre-existing condition, pre-existing condition 
to not be good uh, if you catch this COVID. So I'm just going to say he's probably going to sit out until this is all said and done. Yeah, let's just be smart about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was our main event of the night. We got a video package with Pete Dunn announcing who's Riddle's partner was and Riddle didn't quote unquote know until he came out and was announced. Uh, but it was Timothy Thatcher. And I know you're probably like, who the fuck's that? I'm right? exactly like that. Yes. Cause I was like, who the fuck is that? Apparently he's been in evolve evolve for a while. His signing was announced, uh, on backstage a few weeks ago. Dude, this guy looks like, like that dude who's always worked in a mechanic shop his entire life. That, like, you always see in his mechanic outfit, like, long pants, long sleeve shirt, always looks kind of greasy. And then as soon as, like, you see him at the pool, you're like, dude, this dude's fucking Jack, right? Like, you thought he was some skinny dude, and then, like, he takes his shirt off, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's gonna fuck my world up, right? Yeah. That's this guy. That's this Even guy. Even like hair, hair, beard, fucking chipped up teeth. And the announcers put him over so well. As a matter of fact, Tom Phillips said, as excitedly as Tom Phillips has ever gotten, this is one tough son of a bitch is exactly what he said when trying to describe who this guy was to the crowd, to the fans watching at home. Um, and I immediately was intrigued and wanted to see what this guy could do. And I'm going to be honest, man, I was impressed. Uh, he does look like a tough son of a bitch. It was a really good match. I mean, anytime you have Undisputed Era in a tag team match in any way, shape, or form, they bring that team out there. It's a good match. Um, we did get Dexter Loomis uh, staring in the dark at this match very creepily. And I did forget to mention he also had a match early in the night where he beat the tar out of... Uh, I think it's Tahuti Miles. Um, I think I pronounced that right. So Loomis got a, mat, a a squash match, and then he eerily stared at the ring at these four men for whatever reason. So there's that. But the match ended with Thatcher uh, tapping out Roddy Strong. So. No <laughs> shit. Yeah, That's so we get a really good match. We get the newcomer getting the uh, victory. So, yeah, there we go. And then the show wraps up with this, Mike. Champa in the back, sitting backstage with a, a camera angle looking up at him, and he's saying he's done with Johnny, he's done with Candace. He knows how it went down, but he's just going to say it, and that Johnny was the better man. Uh, I think he was saying it in that sarcastic way where you all know you what you did to win, but whatever, you're the better man because I just am done with this whole thing. And as it starts to go off, he gets attacked from behind and drug off screen. And then his passed out body falls back into the camera frame. And we believe that it's Killer Cross. Now, I saw a screenshot. I don't know where this screenshot came from. I watched this thing in slow motion and I didn't get this. I don't know if this was after it went off the air and you had to watch it on the network to see it. Because when he started doing his promo, we actually had the, you know, close, not the closed caption, the copyright thing come up on the corner, right? Yeah. So we're right at the end. And like I said, I watched in slow motion, did not see this. But I did see a screen cap that had Killer Cross's face kind of in the screen and then a stiletto to the left of him. 
All right. High boot stiletto. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I don't know if that was on the network version, and that's why I didn't see it. But, dude, I watched this three times in slow motion and didn't see anything. Because I, I was like, I missed something. I had to miss something. So, But it looks like Killer Cross, which we thought it was going to be Johnny he was going after, but apparently it isn't. And, hey, I'm intrigued, if nothing else. Yeah, man, I'm just excited that Killer Cross is finally starting to do something on this roster, man. This dude's got... I'm like, not... He's like one of those indie guys that I don't have a lot of knowledge on because he was in, like, promotions that I just don't keep up with, right? Um, Most of his best work. So, I'm like, I've seen some matches, you know, uh, Googled some things, YouTube some things. He's a hell of a performer, but I'm looking forward to, like, him actually doing something on this roster now. I think that'll be outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it looks like and to see what he's capable of because I've heard a lot, haven't seen as much, so. That's exactly. have not seen as much here as What I, I did see, what I did see was AEW, and I'm going to let you take the reins on that, and I'm just going to throw my two cents in here and there. Uh, this was the most WWE-like show AEW has ever put on, and it did not work for them. It was... It was... Look... They finally started to do some things I've been saying they needed to do, and as it turns out, Mm -hmm. they didn't need to do those things. Like... (laughs) Turns out... Turns out... I was wrong. Uh... Mostly about the... They need more jobber squash matches. Nope. No, they do not. Nope. I take that back greatly. Um... These guys... Really need to focus on everyone just being the best in the fucking ring that they can possibly be. Which brings us to our first match of the night. The TNT Championship Tournament quarterfinal, Colt Cabana versus Lance Archer. Which mostly was a decent match. Uh, What the shit was that springboard thing off the top rope? What, what was that? There was a botch in this match that was so ungodly bad. That, and here's the, is, is, is Dynamite live? No. Then what, see, see, okay, this is what's going to get me, because there were multiple, multiple blatant, obvious, terrible botches throughout. should have been edited out. Throughout, not just this match, but this night. Mm -hmm. And I don't Mm -hmm. understand why, if you're taping them, like, this is the difference between you and WWE, right? This is why right now you're still viewed at viewed as uh, this fun indie league that got some money thrown at it because God damn, there's no excuse for this in a taped match. Like none. There's no excuse for a taped show to have this many botches in it and be this sloppy. Like no excuse at all for it. And this show is terrible about it. And again, a lot of that has to go with uh, them using a lot of local talent. You know, I get it that they're, but there ain't no excuse for Colt Cabana and Lance Archer to have happen. What happened? Like, Lance Archer was laying on the ground. Colt Cabana was going to do a splash or something off the top rope. Jumps. Yeah, I don't even know. Lance Archer, as he's jumping, Lance Archer 
rolls, but not like clear across the ring, rolls like once. Cabana lands on his feet and then like jumps onto him from there. It was just terrible. It was terrible. It's one of those moments where you're like reminded why Colt Cabana is Colt Cabana and not, <laughs> uh, you know, and not, yeah. and not, not Colt Cabana. That's really the best yeah. way I can put him. Because at the start of the match, I was like, why has Colt Cabana never got like a fair shake at like a big, bigger place? And then this match happened, and I was like, oh yeah, that's why. Because uh, the dude's one of the most overrated fucking indie workers uh, out there right now. And don't get me wrong, I like Colt Cabana. Dude's an entertaining wrestler, he's got a good persona, his podcast is fun. But in the ring, man, he just, okay. He's just okay. Um, that's really all there was to it. Lance Archer still continues to murder people. Still continues to murder people. That is still a thing. That reverse razor's edge he does is badass. Uh, after that, yeah, we had, you know, go ahead. It looks, it looks badass. I just, I, it's kind of like the One Winged Angel for me. I don't think it's quite as bad. It just seems like a weird, convoluted setup. There's a but lot. But at the same time, there's a lot you uh, have to do to set it up. There's a I lot. Mean, I think technically the Razor's Edge is a little bit the same way, but that being said, I don't. There's something about seeing them turn the other way that made me think that looks like it wouldn't actually work like that. But that being said, it looks cool, so I'm gonna shut the hell up. It, it does. <laughs> it looks super cool. I'm, it, I mean, I'm not gonna take away from it. It looks super cool. It just, buddy, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta do something, man. You got. It's like takes too long. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, enjoyed Lance Archer being a murder hawk. Not so much Cool Cabana. After that, we have Britt Baker. Okay, so this is another thing you're noticing, right? Um, the thinness of the AEW roster is starting to mm-hmm. play a part as, uh, how many weeks did we go without Britt Baker wrestling on TV? Like, lots of weeks. Yeah. And Britt Baker has now wrestled three weeks in a row. And is steadily carrying this women's division. And this is actually, like, this pandemic might be the best shit that ever happened to Britt Baker. Because she out here looking like a fucking star in this women's division. Out here just looking like a fucking star while everyone else is just being forgotten along the wayside. Everyone else. Including that uh, terrible, terrible champion they have. <laughs> Obviously, Britt Baker won because she's taking on Cassandra Golden, which just kind of speaks for itself. Oh, who? Cassandra Golden? Oh, okay, so the person I've heard of won that match. Um, this is a solid match, man. Britt Baker has been kicking fucking ass the last two weeks, man. Last week, she put on the best women's division match that's ever happened. This week. Uh, made beating the shit out of this job her super entertaining because she's, again, fucking awesome at her job, as it turns out. I feel like that whole, like, first few months of AEW where I was talking shit about her is not her fault. It is AEW's fault. AEW is the problem. She's doing great work. Um, throughout the night, we've been interspersed with various video packages touting the main event, showing a, 
like what where there was the one where um Excalibur breaks down the triangle lock that Jake Hager does. Yeah, can um, I tell you that at first I really liked these? The first uh, one was dope. By the third one? Yeah. It I was like, what the fuck, man? I didn't watch, like, most of these. Most of them I didn't watch. They just interspersed them with uh, the road that Jake Hager's traveled. The road that John Moxley's traveled. Bro, we all know the road that John Moxley has traveled. Okay? Let's let it the fuck go. We do not need to keep being like, Oh, I started from Cincinnati, Ohio, went to CZW, and then uh, obviously we know about the Shield. And they go through all of it. We don't need this all the time, man. This is WWE shit. Like, you're supposed to be different. We don't need this. And I'm not even hating on it as WWE shit. WWE's just the best in the world at video packages. Just don't try and compete with it. So then uh, Sammy Guevara actually picked up a fucking singles win over Shug D, which is good because he's probably going to lose next week to Darby Allen in this TNT tournament thing because why the fuck would Sammy Guevara ever beat anybody that ever has an actual name on this wrestling show? Just going to keep having him go out here, do awesome character work, put on entertaining matches, and fucking lose to John Moxley in the Elite over and over again. Uh, so, but he got a win over Shug D, who is in fact the one that's upset right now about, um, I was just informed of this today from, uh, my buddy Dave. Um, apparently some girl posted some super racist video. I watched it. It was, it was incredibly racist. Um, like just so, so racist, man. I mean, just, just outstandingly racist. Um, but there's a dude in it who happens to be training at an Atlanta Federation that is black owned. And Shook D made a tweet about it and was like, yo, fuck this dude. He needs fired. Um, which he does. Uh, but it was funny because someone, my dude Dave, he sent me the video and sent me the tweet. And I was like, oh shit, I know who this Shook D guy is. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, Shook D, he lost. Uh, he's mad about racism. We should all be mad about it. Chuck Taylor took on Kip Sabian. So, uh, I, I don't like Chuck Taylor. I don't either. I don't like the best friends. Um, I don't either. The only reason I even watch any of their shit is because Orange Cassidy walks out to the ring with them. That is it. That is it. That's the only reason. Um, I'm like, oh, I guess at least I can see if Orange Cassidy's going to do something entertaining. Uh, he did not this match. So I watched the whole Kip Sabian versus Chuck Taylor match for, I don't know, essentially Jimmy Havoc to come out and throw a DDT on uh, Orange Cassidy. That is, I watched the whole match. It was a, not a great, it was an okay match. You know what I mean? It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was okay. Uh, you can. This is another one of those matches where you could tell what was going to happen because it was AEW singles wrestler. Like, AEW's real telling, right? It's because wins matter, mm. right? So, mm. should a tag team wrestler walk out for a singles match, you know he's fucking losing. And should 
two singles wrestlers be paired together in a tag team to take on an actual tag team, you know those two singles wrestlers are going to fucking lose. It's just what we do. It's just what we do. Um, so obviously you knew Chuck Taylor was going to lose. Okay, so Jimmy Havoc comes out and does the DT. This is the problem with the roster, right? We're living in a world where Jimmy Havoc is now a regular member of this show, right? Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago on this show, I was like, oh, Jimmy Havoc was on the show. Jimmy Havoc is now like one of the main characters on the show. Again, nothing against Jimmy Havoc. I think the dude's a hell of a character, and I like his in-ring work. Uh, his fucking haircut is the worst thing ever, and his face, he looks like Gargamel from the Smurfs. Um, And it dawned on me the other night, I was like, what the... I want to punch his face. What the fuck is with this dude's face? He is Gargamel with the haircut that... Um, the bad guy that Gary Oldman plays in The Fifth Element has. Yes. Yes. Yes! Totally! Totally! He's Gargamel's face with Gary Oldman's haircut from The Fifth Element. Anyway, uh, I like his style, man, because he wrestles that more like... If I found out Jimmy Havoc was trained by Killer Kowalski, I wouldn't be shocked. He wrestles that kind of like... That kind of... I'm not a fan, man. Early Dean Ambrose style. No, his face is very punchable, man, but watch his in-ring work. Watch how he carries himself in the ring. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to be. I don't think you're supposed to be is the point of it, and I think that's why I like it. Like, everything he does is designed to, like, portray his character, and I fucking love that, man. I love that. I love when guys do that. I'm not saying that the dude's a star. I just enjoy his work. He reminds me of a Bull Dempsey, which you probably don't know because you didn't come onto this NXT thing until a year ago, you fucking poser. But Bull Dempsey was this guy back at the start. Oh, I've been an NXT fan longer than a year, damn it. Back at the start of NXT and was like kind of being positioned as their top heel back when, like, you know, like the top baby face was Big E and like Bo Dallas. And he had, like, real interesting, like, character style where he became this, like, he was a plodding, like, old-school heel. And then, and then you know, they got some real people in there, and Baron Corbin demolished him, and he kind of was released after that. So, you know, you know, you know, you weren't even watching it when Baron Corbin was there, so you don't even know uh, about that. <laughs> yes, uh, I did! <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, sure you did. Sure you did. Definitely. Definitely you did. What was Baron Corbin's gimmick then? Like the lone wolf biker dude? No, no. It was that he would that he would come out and fans would count while the match was going because that was his gimmick was watch how fast I'm going to destroy this fucking guy. Count okay, him. yeah. I, just I, like, I just like you don't know, the Big E's original gimmick was he made them count to five for his pinfalls. No, I did not know that. Did not know that, did you? No. When he beat Seth Rollins for the title, uh, that was his gimmick. It was a five count. I'll give you a fucking five count. Doesn't matter. You're not going to get up. Um, hmm, Really showing your fucking NXT knowledge here, you fucking noob. (laughs) Um, No, so I do like Jimmy Havoc because he's got like a plotting style. Sean Spears beat that asshole Justin Law. I called him an asshole. I don't even know the dude. Um, we've already talked about that. And then we got to the A. Okay. So 
Um, uh, you an AEW fan, huh? And you want to talk shit about Edge versus Randy Orton? Well. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Let's hear all your same complaints about this. I was watching this and I was like, oh shit, it's the main event already? Oh shit, they've got 35 minutes? Oh no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back, I'm gonna back what you set up and actually say, if you bitched that Randy Orton and Edge was boring and sucked, I, you need to fucking apologize after watching this crap. Well, you could say that it was boring and sucked, but you better fucking say the same thing about this match. Cause this match was the exact same 35 minutes applauding, like, hardcore match. Uh, they, no holds bar. It was just a plotting no holds bar. Dude, I didn't even watch this fucking match. We got ten minutes into it, and it was so painful that I fast forwarded to the last five minutes and watched that, and was done with it. It was like I'm not going to finish this. They look. I didn't fast forward until what the third break of the match. Then I did the same thing. I fast forward to five minutes. You're probably like two minutes to the end. Mike, it was just them throwing each other around on the concrete. That's all it was. Dude, it was bad. It was possibly the worst main of I mean, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this twice. It was a hundred percent the worst main event I've ever seen. And that's a lot because I've seen Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar in that one WrestleMania. I'm not but gonna one hundred. I'm not gonna go that far with it, because like you know, no, I will. No, as a main event of a show, really? Yes, of any yes. show ever, because you watched. I know you've seen Starcade '95. Okay. With, with Brutus okay. the fucking right. barber beefcake in okay. the main event. You're right. Let me just say it was possibly one of the worst main events I've ever seen, and also, like, I don't know, man. That was just. It was bad, dude. It made me, like, I already didn't like Jake Hagar, but it actually made me not like Dean Ambrose, too. It was... It was bad. And then to see someone online say that it's the fans' fault that this happened. I saw, I can't remember, it wasn't a talking head or anything, it was just some comments I saw. And it was... All, and this is the, even the funnier thing, because they blame the AEW fans. They're like, all you pussy AEW fans complaining about how bloody Mox, Moxley and Omega was is what caused this match. And, first of all, um, it was WWE fans bitching about it. Um, second of all, <laughs> second of all, that was pay-per-view. This is a televised match. Um, mm-hmm. Third of all, I didn't care for Moxley Omega, but goddamn, at least it was exciting. You know what I mean? Like shit happened. I didn't care for shit happened. Shit ton better than that. Shit happened. It wasn't just this. It wasn't just this like, oh, well, you know, fucking nothing's going to go on now. Like, because that's what happened. It was just like nothing happened for 35 minutes. And I thought that was like a ridiculous. Like, you can't blame the fans for this. This was fucking terrible, man. (laughs) Like, this was awful. How are we going to blame the fans for this? This was legitimately very bad. This is, like, the fans. Yeah, let's blame the fans. Okay. All right. Man, yesterday was just a day of dumb internet wrestling shit. Uh, I didn't tell you this, and it got deleted. You didn't see it, because I woke up today 
hoping, hoping that people jumped on the bandwagon. And one of those stupid groups, uh, this picture of Stephanie McMahon, uh, you know how like occasionally you can find a picture of Stephanie McMahon like making an evil smile and she looks somewhat like a wicked witch? You know what I'm talking about. Yes. So someone yes. had posted yes. one of those pictures of Stephanie, right? And they were like, ooh, gross. Well, like me online, whenever someone decides they're going to make fun of someone's looks online, I like to go check out their profile, <laughs> right? Just to make sure, uh, just to make sure that they should be, can be making fun of other people's looks, right? Um, so I went to this page, this this person's page i realized it was a woman as i was clicking on the name i was like oh a a woman talking shit here let's see i'm not sure there's three people in this picture three women i'm not sure which one of them was the woman that posted the picture right but uh none of the human beings i'm the women in quotes that were in this picture have any excuse to ever make fun of the way anyone fucking looks. So, like, I posted her profile picture and then was like, wow, can you imagine looking like a fucking sewer troll like any of the women in this picture right here and trying to talk shit about the way Stephanie McMahon <laughs> looks as a classy 47-year-old woman? And then, uh, right. so I woke up today and it, it was deleted, um, the whole post. So... <laughs> And then also last night I agreed with someone and then he proceeded to tell me how much of a stupid fucking idiot I was. And then, That's nice. and then I was like, I agreed with you. And he was like, don't try and fucking backpedal now. I read what you said. And I was like, no, but like, go read what I said. And then he was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my bad. I totally misread that, man. I'm man enough to know to be able to admit when I was wrong. And I said, fuck you, loser. Um, like, he gave, like, a whole apology. It was like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And my response back was, fuck you, loser. Um, <laughs> uh, so it was like That's a, a weird response. It was a weird day of internet wrestling reactions yesterday. But, yeah, so that was fucking AEW, which was, like, the worst AEW they've had this year. Yeah, I I I'd probably venture to say it was the worst episode I've watched. Now I haven't watched every single episode, but I watched some of the beginning ones where they were a little rough at times. You think this one and was I worse? I still think, oh yeah, I do. It just was, it was boring, man. Hmm. Yeah, uh, just that, that. I think it was. It just wasn't a good show. Did it? The last match. Really is what did it for me. And also, yeah. Uh, who do you think's gonna pay fifty dollars for this fucking pay per view? You but, know, I saw people saying, "Well, I, WWE I'm, charged for WrestleMania." You are right; they did, but they also have the network. I would bet you that ninety percent of the WrestleMania views came from the network. I, I haven't heard. I don't know why we haven't gotten any uh, info on that yet. I can't imagine um, the pay-per-view buy rates were good for it. And it seems really weird to me that they're going to put on a $50 fucking pay-per-view without having like a only, network to fall back on. The only way that I'll say Mania might have had... I'm not going to say they had good buys, but might have had some buys. Um, that 
would at least could be a little touted would maybe just because it was the beginning of this and maybe people weren't as financially desperate yet and wanted to take their mind off of it and it's WrestleMania. I still think you're an idiot if you just don't sign up for the network and you pay 60 bucks for <laughs> stupid, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but we're like, by the time this show goes on, what we're six, seven weeks into this crap. Yeah. People are probably not working as much. Like, I don't know, man. I don't think that's a good move. Uh, I yeah. think I don't want to say they should postpone it. I, cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a proponent of them doing these shows the way they're doing. I just don't know that I think maybe they should just put it on the streaming and eat it. But I mean, Hey, if they get one buy, I guess that's the money they get, you know? I mean, I, I, mean, I guess that, but you know they'll get more than that. Cause, um, they've really found a good niche audience of, um, Is it just me or does it seem like the better like the better paid wrestling fans watch AEW? Um I don't know. Because you have to you have to invest money to be an AEW fan, right? You don't have to but really in, have... invest much money in being a WWE fan. But no, I, I think you're actually I, I would take that the wrong I would take it the other way. They have a very they have a lot younger fan base, and when you're younger, you don't have as much responsibility, disposable so you have income. more disposable cash. Cash, yes, and a lot of them probably still live at home. Well, there's that, and I imagine I think... a lot of their fans are probably like. Um, it's probably the difference between you and me right now in wrestling is that a lot of AEW fans are probably more like guys like me. Um, I mean, like, guys like me in general, I mean, like, like, I'm saying if you're, like, a, uh, like, you have kids, man, right? Mm-hmm. And your son loves WWE, right? He doesn't have any foothold into AEW, has no reason to have any knowledge of it, and, um, then there's guys like me that don't have kids and shit, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think, like, if you don't, and I'm not saying, like, having children or being a dad, like, controls your, like, uh, predilection towards what kind of wrestling you like. Um, but I think, like, I brag on here openly about not having children. And, I don't know, like, it's a joke, man. Like, it's, like, not having kids. It's not, like, something I'm proud of. It's not something I'm not proud of, man. It's just a fucking choice, like, everybody makes in their life, right? But I feel like, right. but, but I feel like if you're, like, a, 40-ish, late 30s. That's not selling myself short. Late 30s, male, that doesn't have kids, you're probably more inclined to turn on AEW because it's a little bit more oriented for you as an adult, right? And I, Mm -hmm. as I often talk about, have a fucking disposable income because I don't have kids. I I got like a room full of fucking toys that I frequently talk about um, because I don't have kids. And I can... Look like, man, I could drop a fucking hundred bucks on a ticket and drive to Chicago. You know what I mean? It's no big deal right. for me. Like, it's no big deal for me. Uh, it's no big deal for me to drop a hundred bucks on four t-shirts. Uh, because I don't have, like, uh, kids that need four t-shirts. I don't, like, so, like, AEW's action figures are going to be more expensive. I can pay for those as opposed to the cheaper WWE ones. 
because I have like more of a disposable income. So you're right. I feel like the AEW fans have more of a disposable income as opposed to the WWE mm-hmm. fans because the WWE is a family product and AEW is focused on single guys, basically. It's hitting that market that TNT or, or Nitro was really shooting for back in like 95, 96, like Bischoff talks about. So you're right. Um, but like I feel like it's just more of a disposable income. So they're probably likely to get paid on this a little bit better than WWE would have. But man, I think it's fucking foolish. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I'm just going to agree because, I mean, you pretty much said it all. Yeah. Mike, is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people? You got to kill one. You got to fuck one. You got to marry one. Um, we're going to go with, you ever watch that movie with uh, where Godzilla has a kid? It's no, like, I'm not. You've never seen Baby Godzilla or Child or Godzilla no, Jr.? Well, that's going to fuck some things up. Never mind. Um, all right, we're going to go, fuck it. We're going to go uh, 90s, 80s and 90s cartoon villains again because I don't have anything prepared off the top of my head. So we're gonna go. Okay, we're gonna it. go. Uh, Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, oh, except like God. just the brain Krang. Not he's not I in the robot that. body. It's just the brain Krang. Um, oh no, we're gonna stick the body horror. Uh, it's the brain Krang. You ever seen the movie Basket Case? I have not. Ah fuck, man! Come on, Mike. It's a good ass horror movie. You're not helping me out at all today. All right. <laughs> Krang from uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, you, have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. Okay. Uh, the guy that looks like his skin's falling off of him in that. Um, I'm not sure what they call it. I believe the Melted Man. And then we'll yeah. go. And then we'll go with uh, Jeff Goldblum from The Fly, but not at the end of The Fly and not the beginning of The Fly. We're talking like dead middle transformation. <laughs> Go. Oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Let's this, see. This is this is awful. I'm very Let's proud see. of this one. I th- there is no there are like zero good options with this. And sadly, the best option might be, well, let's see. You technically only have to have sex with one. I think the safest option there, surprisingly, is Krang. Ugh. Because, I mean, it's just a gooey brain, right? Ugh, yes. So... I mean, I don't know. That melting man's pretty gross. Every bit of this is gross. I think you kill the melting man and you marry the gold bloom fly half transformation, then you just try to stay away from him. Well, and also let's not forget that's Jeff fucking Goldblum. <laughs> it is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so I mean, you know, fucking Jeff Goldblum this might. This might have been the worst one yet. No, I mean, the worst one ever was the one you refused to do. Well, that's true. Pussy. That, that is still clearly Pussy. the worst one ever. Pussy. By the way, I have an answer <laughs> for that. 
it was your mom, your sister, your grandma, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, uh, you fuck your sister, right? Because you, you and her can, you can deal with that. Like, you'd be like, look, we just got to do this. <laughs> like, no one, no one is happy about it. We just got to get this over with, right? Uh, you marry your grandma, because goddamn, that's a wonderful woman. And you kill your mom, because she doesn't need to know about any of this shit ever. Ever. She doesn't, she doesn't even want to be alive knowing that this shit is happening. So. Or you could actually take the easy way out and just tell your mom about all this shit, and that would probably kill her anyway. There you go. Fair enough. Or you just kill her without her having to fucking die with this horrible knowledge that her children are in incestuous sexual relationship. I gotta go to work, man. We gotta get the fuck off here. (laughs) Yeah, guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We'll catch you next time. Shut up, pussy. Uh, You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.